have have I told you guys all the story of the time I dated my optometrist? What? <laughs> what? Yeah. I was there for that. You in the room there? every single time. I was there. Didn't he have like five dogs? I love that that's what you remember. Yeah, he did. Of course I remember the dog. <laughs> okay, well, I guess now it, yeah, what the fuck? Uh where holy shit, go on. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> okay, so once about a time. Um, the year was, I don't fucking know. It was a long time ago. It was like right before we started the podcast, I think. It was, yeah. Um, and um, you know, sometimes in life you're just you know, you're just making heterosexuality work for you, and that's all that you can ask for. And um, you go to the eye doctor, and there's like, sorry, I just this whole story is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I was there. I think there's parts of it I haven't even told you. Oh fuck! Ooh, now I'm interested. So anyway, I went to the eye doctor. I was there. I I sat down. There was a tall, handsome eye doctor there he was an optometrist he looked into my eyes and he must have like seen a sparkle like with his little as we all do when looking into noelle's eyes and he was like oh that's cancer (laughs) he was like this is a serious problem right (laughs) (laughs) no but like he had a weird he had like a very flirty vibe and like you know at this point it's like I I can do I can do this like and it's like it feels like a it feels like a TV show you know which is much preferable to an actual man who I have to then deal with <laughs> so <laughs> first th- look okay so the reason I talk about this is the time I dated my optometrist rather than like a, the time I dated somebody that I met at the optometrist's office or I met him because he was my optometrist is because um it's just inextricable from the fact that he's my optometrist at all times. <laughs> you can't stop thinking about it. And by the way, he's like 28 and I'm like 25 at this at this moment. Like just so you know. It's not like an old old man. Um, it wasn't pre-minger. Right. It's not, it he's a not a pre-minger from Princess <laughs> and the Popper. Which may or may not make sense in the context of this intro depending on it'll make sense to people who have seen Barbie the Prince and the Popper and that's our target audience that's our target audience you're right though actually yeah anyway so anyway um, so I this is a eye contact lens appointment so I have to come back after a week right so I leave I'm like whoa like that guy's vibe was like crazy and then I come back and I see a different eye doctor it's not the same eye doctor and I'm like okay that's fine and he's like a very weird eye doctor <laughs> who gives me the <laughs> most upsetting optometrist results I've ever gotten in my life in that he, without a shred of comedy or humor in his soul, in his being, is like, well, in your right eye, there's no macular degeneration. Long pause. <laughs> oh, my God. And in your left eye, there's no macular degeneration. What, what the fuck? fuck? <laughs> who, I would kill who somebody who did that to the me. Vibe. This is not the optometrist I dated. This is another discreet optometrist. <laughs> So I'm leaving then after this this report that has just chilled me to my bones. <laughs> and the hot tall optometrist comes running out. Like in his like like as if he is in the middle of something and he's like wait. Can I like text you do you want to go out? And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's like a what? movie. This isn't real." Yeah. Like <laughs> That's like some that's like that's some, some whole channel shit. shit. Yeah. I know. 
So because it's like some Hallmark Channel shit that I've never even heard of happening in real life, I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) You know, like we could move out to the countryside and I could, you know, wear high heels walking up a hill and shit. Like that could happen for me. So then (laughs) I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think what happened was he was like, okay, I'll just get your number from client records. And I was like, "Mm, regret. (laughs) Yike. Oh my god! But I don't know. I just you know, it was just, yeah, there's just those moments where you're like, this might as well happen. Anyway, um, uh, weeks later, let's fast forward. I go to this man's house. He is going to kiss me hello. He takes off my glasses, which I'm still wearing because relevant to the story, I haven't gotten my uh, my contacts yet. Um. <laughs> And he recites my prescription from memory. <laughs> this is insane. I know. Like either either this man is literally some sort of simulacrum, some sort of like artificial being synthesized out of a Hallmark movie, or he is like an eye pervert. I know. You know? <laughs> I think he, I don't know. So he he it's and it was correct, and I was like, huh? And he, <laughs> And he said, is that right, babe? And I was like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Noelle, didn't and you date this guy for like, look, we are a period of time. <laughs> we all do things. Okay. <laughs> so what, what I remember about this is the fact that I found out after this was all done. And I was like, I didn't even know this happened. Look, that's the way that it is with everything in my life, Kat. It has nothing to do with you <laughs> yes, in particular. I know. <laughs> I just am a, I, I'm just a gremlin. Anyway, the story's not fucking over. Okay, so I think it was the same day, but it may have been the next time I went to his house. He goes into the other room. I'm playing with his five dogs, which Jennifer remembers he had like a million beagles. He had many and dogs. Anyway, he comes back in and he's holding in both of his huge, enormous hands like a mountain of contact lenses. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> He <laughs> he hands them to me. Is this an episode of the Magnus Archives? He hands them to me. And I'm like, thank you. And he's like, yeah, like I got you some samples from the office because like I thought you might want them. And I was like, man, okay, free contacts. All right, you know. So I was like, <laughs> and then as like contacts are like pouring out of my hands. There's so many. The dogs are trying to eat them. I'm just like. Like, you know, like that meme of like, like pictures keep falling out of your pockets, but it's like contact lenses are just like, just all over the room. And he turns to me while I'm still trying to grapple with this gift. And he's like, so are we girlfriend and boyfriend or what? (laughs) This is the most fucked up (laughs) thing I've ever heard in my life. I can't believe this because I feel like this was told to me after you had been dating him for like, a period of time and I think in my brain I was like yeah I mean that's normal right <laughs> my fight or flight responses are going insane right now I okay. need you to know okay so this is here's okay okay so didn't other weird shit happen with this guy too yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yes um so okay no I Does he? I mean, it's very much a. I got. I got, I got you these bitch. contacts. Will you be my girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, like who? 
But also, like, that it's not like, it's not like, I got you, you know, these flowers, will you be my girlfriend? No. It's like, I got you these things that enable you to see. <laughs> yeah. I got you this medical I've given device. given you the gift of sight. Yeah. So I mean, I, date me? I mean, he's the perfect man. I mean, you're right. I mean, you're right about that. I mean, he's no pre-minger, but he's all right. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he he takes the blind and lets them see. So, um, so I am I'm in this moment frozen, but I'm like, okay. As soon as I leave this man's house, I go no contact for a week. <laughs> I am not able to be reached. I am like, what it took just me a minute when you said no contact? I was like, wait. Yeah, I also was like, wait. Like, I know. I also was like, wait. So you didn't wear the contact? No, no, no. I I was wearing the contacts. Um, <laughs> I mean, free contacts. I mean, free I mean, contacts. I mean, you? I. But I'm just like. I'm just like, I'm trying to, I'm desperately trying to process this story. Also, on our first date, he told me a story about when he committed credit card fraud when he was 15. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you can't see me, listeners at home, but you know that gif of just the, the white man blinking? That's what I'm doing. So I go, I go, I go no contact. I, I then, after a week, I am able to be reached. I... I respond immediately with um, a breakup text. I, I've, I've, I've had enough. So he's fine with that. And I wish that was the end of the story. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. But there was a problem with my contact order. <laughs> no. So, um, so, like, the I office kept calling me. And I, like, have anxiety. And I was like, I know he's there. And so I wasn't responding. <laughs> and so... <laughs> He texts me from his personal number in this text thread in which I've just dumped his ass. <laughs> and it's like, can you please respond? Because <laughs> the office people don't know, like, what's going on. By the way, when he was like, will you go out with me? This is in front of everyone he works with and, like, other patients. Like, it's like, these people all know who I am at his work. Right, right. You're the girl that he asked out dramatically in, in front in, of all of the patrons of of and his coworkers. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah, in the Hallmark movie type situation, so right. they're all sort of still rooting for you. Yeah. So, but I've, I've ceased contact, so yeah, he's like, hey, can you can you please, like, respond to them, because they're really confused, so I do what any mature adult would do, and I block his number, and I've never spoken to him since, and I never got new contacts, and I just lived off the, um, the, the samples he gave me, so. That's what I would have done. Yeah. I haven't gotten contacts since. Yeah, me too. And I'm really afraid to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Well, mm. I remember, but you know, I remember you telling me about this dude, and like, I definitely thought he was way more normal. Um, and I remember being like, you know what? Good for Noelle. Like, she's gonna get to have so many dogs, and that's all I thought about. And now I'm like, where was I? I needed to. I needed to help my friend Noelle, and I was just there about the dogs. Who like? Come on. Yeah, that is interesting that, like, I told you that story, and you were like, I remember that that guy had dogs. (laughs) That's on you. And then he showed me a big chest freezer full of eyeballs in his basement, and his dogs were just, they were having a great time. Noelle, let's go into the world with your fictional boyfriend. Let's play some (laughs) D&D. Last 
uh, you guys arrived in the magnificent city of Heroes Gate, uh, which was a little bit different than last time you were there. Uh, you approached the city's main gates to find that there was a big old line of wagons and farmers all going in to make a compulsory tithe to Torva in order to fund his army. Uh, and so you, in a flash of brilliance, uh, put on some very cool magical disguises to get through the gates. And just for good measure, you also joined a family of lesbian farmers and their dubiously named children. You uh, entered into the city after that, said goodbye to your lovely lesbian farmers, and met up with our bad boy Orestes, who uh, led you to a secret entrance to Torva's temple, which was in the sewers. All right, so you guys head into the sewers, and it smells bad. What? Mm. Smells bad. Uh, the sewers of Heroes Gate are a huge labyrinthine structure with tall vaulted ceilings held up by carved pillars that are slimy with refuse and algae. A channel of stinking gray water runs down the center of the first room that you come to, running out the pipe that you entered through. It is fed by other channels, which branch out in many directions, into the tunnels that wind under the city. A ten-foot surge of water gushes forth from one of these branching tunnels, spilling over the surrounding stone and collecting in the gutters to be flushed out into the ocean. Do we have to dodge it? Oh, no, that's coming from a different tunnel. Like, you guys aren't close to that tunnel. Oh, thank God. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And Mary Mary watches this happen and signs, well, that's something to look out for. Do you guys have any, like, cool spells for, you know, I don't know, getting, getting just, like, <laughs> keeping shit off people? <laughs> Shape shit? I don't think I have a don't touch me shit spell on me. That's fine. I'm just checking. Fran uses like shape water as much as she can to like make a path for us, but we do all have to stick really close together. So we're not like just just so we're not like walking in the gray water, but mm -hmm. it is all around us and like I'm sure it's getting on us. Yeah. Every time we step yeah. even slightly to the side. <laughs> You're, there's no way to get out of the smell and like roses. No. No. So, do we see a path to progress, yeah, closer to the temple? Why don't you make me a perception check? 21. Very good. Uh, Slake, you spot, it's obscured by a layer of muck, but at the edge of one of the tunnels, you spot a white broken tower symbol painted on the stone. Okay, is it like a uh, like a doorway then? or When you go over, it looks like it's just a symbol. There's not like a doorway or anything. But when you look down the tunnel, you see that there is another one painted a little bit further down the, the tunnel. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I'll gesture to the others and say, I think this must be the path. Phelan nods. Yeah, looks like it. I've never actually been through this tunnel, but I knew it existed. Well, it was where we were always told we were supposed to flee if somebody attacked the temple. It should bring us up to the lower temple underneath the city. Get us past the guards, but I hate to think about bringing mom through here. I can put her in like a hamster ball. I'd appreciate that. Is that a power that you have? We can float her down the river. Friend, huh? Is that a power that- What? Friend, hey, is that a power you have? Hamster ball? I've used it on you. Oh. 
Oh, in the void. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I do remember that now, actually. It is what it is, but it's an option, okay? It might be humiliating, but it's less humiliating than this. And I step in a turd. <laughs> oh, no. Mary signs to Phelan as you follow these this path of symbols that are painted onto the wall. Um, and she signs to Phelan, you said your m- mom might not come willingly. Is, is that going to be a problem? And Phelan sort of looks away and he says, I mean, maybe we might have to, well, drag her out of there kicking and screaming. She's not going to want to go willingly, but I'm not going to let her go to her death. Well, maybe we could do like a sleep spell or something. That's probably better than kicking and screaming. I mean, she has my mom. Why would she not want to willingly avoid her death, Phelan? Like I said, it's kind of a long story, but... This is a long shit tunnel. She thinks that he is her savior. She was born into this tribe of raiders up in the mountains that worship Raskar, god of rage. And she was married off to him young. And Raskar's got this prophecy, one of the last ones before Pavia's head was removed from her shoulders and placed in my father's collection, uh, that Raskar's blood will end him and take his mantle for their own. So he has a habit of brutally murdering any consort who is pregnant. I make a face and I say, does that mean that Orestes is going to like he's he's Raskar's kid. Why did why would your dad? I just like there's like there's math, there's symbols, there's runes like just flying <laughs> through the air in my mind. I'm trying to figure it out. Phelan shakes his head. We've never really figured it out. I I'm sure he has some long game that's completely inscrutable to anybody who lives on a mortal time scale, but. Is Orestes okay with that? Oh, Orestes is just hyped to kill his dad someday. I was going to say, I feel like Orestes is probably hella down with it. Uh, Raskar doesn't really sound super great, so... If you think my dad is unstable and unbalanced by the curse of immortality, imagine being a god whose uh, directive is to sow and fuel rage. Uh, that gives you a pretty good idea of my uncle's temperament and personality. So mm. when Torva showed up on a visit to Raskar, he whisked my mother out of there, unborn child and all, and married her, pretended that the child is his, and made her his wife. And she's been loyal to him ever since. I think she'll be loyal to him until the day she dies, likely at his hand. So Raskar doesn't know that Orestes is his son? As far as we know. I mean, who knows what the gods are able to glean? It's difficult to tell, but I know that Father has taken pains to keep it hidden. And most people don't know that Orestes isn't actually his son. No, I know that Orestes is like your brother. But what if we told Raskar that he has a son and it's Torva's fault and just see what happens? I genuinely have no idea because, like I said, he is not stable or reasonable. 
in a lot of ways. It could turn out great for us. It could also end up with us dead. Raskar is not a god you want to run into under any circumstances. Especially not circumstances that are going to make him mad. I get the feeling that Don't Kill the Messenger is like not really in his wheelhouse. I mean, yeah, but... We could send him my slug. That's true. We could send him slug mail. <laughs> we could send him slug mail. We could have that on the back burner <laughs> to his mailbox on Rage Island. From the little, I mean, my mother never really talked much about her time in the uh, cult she grew up in. But from what we've been able to glean, I think that any any uh, news of that sort would likely have at least half of the continent in a pretty bad way if he found out. Oh, okay. So, yeah, she's she believes that any suffering she endures at my father's hand is a price worth paying for the life of herself and her son, so... That's awful. It's awful. Does she know that, I mean, that he's going to sacrifice her? I assume so. I mean, she... She prayed to me against my father's direct orders, and that is the most rebellion I've ever seen from her. And I i assume she knew that what she was doing wouldn't turn out well for her. Is your dad... is he here? Can you tell? I mean, I assume he's still... unless... He looks back at Mary and she signs... When I left him, he was a giant golden man in the void. And, uh, Phelan nods. Yeah, so I assume that's where he still is. Uh, the sacrifice will allow him to take on a physical form again and start directing his troops from the ground uh, instead of just portents in the bowl. So I see. Do we know why uh, your mom is the candidate? She pissed him off? Yeah. Or he... Wants to get to Phelan somehow. Yeah. It's probably... She pissed him off, and she's good bait to get me to come here, and who knows? Maybe he'll try and sacrifice me instead. That sounds like a very him move. Hasn't he, like, literally already tried to do that once? Yeah, he did. He has done already tried to sacrifice Phelan once. Uh, I do hate Torva. Oh. I just think he's a stinker. <laughs> He's just a stinker. That's all there is to say about uh, it. So, Phelan, the place where this tunnel comes out, is it hidden? Are we going to need another kind of disguise? Well, it's in the Undertemple, so uh, there shouldn't really be anyone down there. And do you know where your mother would be held? Or are we going to have to find that out from Orestes when we get there? I'm sure Orestes will meet us and show us where she is. Uh, okay. Can you guys make a perception check, please? 23. I get four. 17. <laughs> Slake and Corbin, you hear, echoing around the tunnels, you hear a sound that's getting louder. A sound of water rushing, getting closer, coming from directly ahead of you. Oh, God. Are there any offshoots we can... Go into? Uh, no, there are no offshoots at this moment. Oh my god. Well, we could just run back the way we came and wait for the water to pass. Could we conceivably get there, Cat, in time? Uh, you'll have to make some athletic checks. Okay, so I do have, I have exactly one water spell prepared. Okay, is it useful? So yes, 
but everyone will hate it. Okay. okay. Well, we can we can run back, but yeah. If, what's your spell? So my the one spell that I have is uh, called water breathing. <laughs> oh no no no! You got to do it. You got to do it. Won't that like? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Fran doesn't need it. Won't we get violently uh, sick? Well, you. Can, I mean, Mary can heal us from sicknesses. Yeah. So it says this spell grants up to ten willing creatures you can see within range mm-hmm. the ability to breathe underwater until the spell ends. Affected creatures also retain their normal mode of respiration. Okay. So the water's the water's coming down. We hear it mm-hmm. coming. I think Slake will like shout like we need to run back. Corvin says, "Slake, there's no need." Still in his child rope harness. <laughs> and you all remember yeah. Corbin parting the waters parting underneath the that cool boat. Yes, yeah. and we're ready for Corbin to do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Corbin casts water breathing on all of us. Fran feels no different. None of you would feel any different, really. And uh, Mary begins to sign asking, what happened to the, the water parting spell? But before she can... You are hit by a huge wave of gray water that rushes down the tunnel. And uh, you will need to make a strength check to not be, to, to find a spot to grab onto. <laughs> That's only 10. Oh no. I got 20, but not natural. I rolled three, so I got two. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Mary also rolled a three, and. You guys! Is- we weren't expecting <laughs> to breathe in shit water. So, Corbin, you you cast this spell. You're the only one who's ready for what's about to happen. <laughs> Wait, does, how does Phelan do? Does he does he manage to survive? Oh, Phelan Phelan does manage to do it. Uh, okay. Phelan rolled a a sixteen plus well plus zero, but sixteen is enough. Phelan knows these tunnels a little bit, and he's able to find a spot to grab and hold. Corbin, you know what's coming and brace yourself. Your friends who believed you to be about to part this wave of shit water were not prepared. And they are swept away. Can I roll to try and catch somebody? Yes, but you can only catch one. Okay. All right. I'm going to roll to catch somebody. Uh, We'll call dexterity. 14. Who do you want to try grabbing? Probably whoever rolled the best, because I feel like that's going to together add the rolls, maybe, so, so that I can... So Slake. Okay. Yeah, so that'll be enough to to hold on to Slake. Meanwhile, Mary and Fran grab onto each other as they are, they are flushed away. Fran is literally tied to me by a rope. You're right! <laughs> <laughs> she can't go anywhere! That's true. I hit the end of the slack of the rope and go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and I grab out for Mary. Yeah, yeah. I rolled a nineteen. Oh, oh nice! You grab yes. onto Mary's hand before she is flushed away. And because I'm with Corbin, I'll grab the rope. Oh, good! Um, and, help. and help pull so that. He's not yanked down the pipe by these other two people. And so with this spell shape water, I can I can change the flow of water up to five feet in any direction. So like I can make this like okay. way less. So you're able to like shape the water around you and Mary to to allow Slake to pull you guys back to Sweet. the group yeah. safely. The wave rushes over you and uh, after a minute it has passed through, leaving you all soaked. 
and smelly. Oh, what was that? Corbin, what even spell did you cast? It didn't do anything. Yeah, it did. It saved your fucking lives. You can all breathe underwater now, so. Thanks, Corbin. We breathed that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Fresh tank. All the way into the lungs. I I drop off my hair because it's not worth saving. (laughs) You can't see it, but there's just suddenly a splash at Fran's feet as if she pissed herself. (laughs) (laughs) Phelan, like, runs his fingers through his hair and dislodges something slimy. No, I I say, okay, everybody, everybody stand close together. And I create water over our heads and it like gives us a little shower. (laughs) A little shower. Oh, thank you, Fran. Mary spits. Mary spits water out of her mouth. Oh, Mary, no. Fran coughs. A rattling cough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mary, Mary signs. We have done so many horrible things since Estra fell. And I am confident when I sign this, this is the worst. I am just like, I bet there's like five other ways into the temple. I'm going to kill Orestes. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Fran. This would have never happened with Wilbur. Who? Don't worry about it. So you all don't have to make the constitution save because you're able to breathe water. So you are able to follow these symbols down the tunnel. You can tell they've been here for a long time. Some of them are almost entirely obscured by the layers of muck and grime. So eventually you come to a part of the sewer system that is much drier than everything else you've been in. The channel of water is dried up to just a trickle that runs between your feet down the center of the tunnel. So Mary signs, do you think we're close? This feels like we're close. And uh, Phelan nods and he says, I mean, it's hard to tell down here, but I think, I think we must be under the temple district now. And uh, Corbin, you feel a drip on your shoulder. A drip. I do. I, I, cat, I, at the risk of hating my choices. I look. I look up. You don't see anything. I look at my shoulder. There is something wet and slimy on your shoulder. Looks and feels a bit like saliva. Corbin says, "I think there's something alive down here, guys." <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> Corbin does a nineteen hit your armor class. God. <sighs> yep. No, it does, Catherine. Yeah, yeah, it does. Corbin, you are grabbed up by a tentacle as a horrible aberration that is stuck to the ceiling reveals itself, breaking its invisibility. me, Noelle. Uh, First of all, I just want to thank everybody for the wonderful response to our 100th episode giveaway. We've had a blast reading everybody's favorite intros. Um, It's it's really been fascinating to see the ones that made an impact on people. (laughs) Uh, And definitely not because it's all the really effed up ones. No, (laughs) not that at all. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much. We got a lot of responses. And uh, Rudy, our manager of management, our our beautiful mom, uh, has been kind enough to 
start tallying everything up. So we will announce winners on Twitter within the week. I also want to thank our Apple Podcast reviewers today. Um, I want to thank Nick Kaminsky, Chez's Good Goad, J.A. who lived in Kochi, as well as Sentient Hat Aficionado. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, as always, it really does make a big difference. Um, if you haven't left us uh, a review on whatever you have, iTunes or or the podcast app or whatever it may be, Please, please do, because it really, really helps. If, if you're able to at all, it makes a big difference for us. So thank you guys so much to those who, who have done it. And I also want to thank our new Patreon subscribers. So that goes out to Joanna, Renee, Magnum Dice Rage, Kimmy, David, Kiri, Lynn, Hannah, PGGG, <laughs> Hayden, and Petra. Once again, it's amazing. Uh, Patreon is, is such a incredible place that really helps us out a lot. Um, so if you want to see, you know, bonus episodes, live streams, outtakes, we do all that stuff over on Patreon. We are quite active there. Um, I, we're going to be coming out with a new thing on Patreon quite soon. So um, if you're if you're if you're interested in maybe seeing some faces put to the voices head on over to patreon is a great time it's patreon.com slash dames and dragons go ahead thank you <laughs> and now for a word from a new podcast on our podcast network geekspective ready for a rules light narrative failing forward collaborative storytelling tabletop role-playing game unsure of where to start Powered by the Players is an actual play podcast featuring mini campaigns and one-shots of all your favorite Powered by the Apocalypse games. Each campaign or one-shot will be a different PBTA game with a rotating cast of diverse players. We've got Masks, a teenage superhero drama. Bluebeard's Bride, a feminist horror retelling. Monster of the Week, a supernatural mystery. Escape from Dino Island, a Jurassic Park-inspired adventure. Crossroads Carnival, a depression-era sideshow noir. The next game we play could be yours. So join Morgan, Kristen, and Diana, and let's power up. Follow us on Twitter at PBT Players. Subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. And of course, last of all, a message to the wonderful Chantel. Chantel, this week I helped you paint your kitchen to just place this in time for when you eventually listen to this episode, Chantel. Chantel, we worked hard, we worked long, and it all paid off in the end. The code word is SLIGNOT. The sleeper agent is active. Go! And uh, you are going to take 10 damage as uh, you are snapped up by this gray, hairy tentacle and brought up to the horrible maw full of teeth of Ew. this terrible guardian aberration. And we are going to roll initiative. Ugh, gross. Nasty. Well, I've wasted my natural 20 for the session. That's 18. I got 12. All right. So, Fran, uh, you are up first at the top of the order. Okay. So, Corbin is in its grasp. It is. I scream, first of all. I go, ah! And I point at it, and I try to have its size <laughs> and hopefully make it drop Corbin because it's too weak and too small and too baby. I think it has to make a constitution throw. 
right, so that is going to be a 19 plus 8. Well, then, this spell has no effect. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. <laughs> I just scream. I just pointed it and scream. <laughs> I mean, a good start. Yeah. Turn over. Good start. start. Slake, you are up. All right, all right, all right, all right. Now, ladies. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try and hit it with my... I mean, it's on the ceiling, so I'm assuming a ranged attack is in... Yes, I believe a ranged attack is in order. Yes. Okay. So I will go ahead and try and shoot it with my my long bow. Uh, Does an 18 hit? An 18 will hit. Hooray. Let's get him. Eight damage for the first attack. For my second attack, I'm going to do precision attack uh, because I, to hit, I only got 15 and I'm assuming that does not hit. That does not hit. Okay, so precision attack. Uh, going to go ahead and get one of my superiority die all up in here. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and add seven then. Yes, and that will hit. Hell yeah. Okay. Are you going to chop off its one that's holding Corbin? Yeah, I'll, I'll aim my, my arrow at the tentacle, which is holding sweet Corbin. And that is going to be five damage. Because you aimed your arrow at its tentacle that's holding Corbin, I will give Corbin advantage. It is his turn. Uh, so would you please uh, make a strength saving throw? Well, Kat, you know, you really tried to give it to me. Uh, I got <laughs> eight. It's because of your harness. It is. It's because of my harness. <laughs> I'm like all tangled. <laughs> You're all tangled in the yeah. harness and the tentacles. All right. Yeah, no, you do You do not escape its grapple. I, I can still cast spells though, right? Yeah. Now, Kat, the ceiling, is it, it's rock, correct? Yes. Like stone or whatever. And how big is its body exactly? Like, can I see? You're not 100% sure. Okay. How much of this ceiling is covered by its body? Okay. But it's a good amount of it. More or less than 40 feet? I'm probably going to cast the spell anyways, but just for my edification. I would say less than 40 feet, larger than a bread box. Okay, cool. That's mm. perfect. Um, I'm going to yell at everybody to, I'm going to say, get out of the way, everybody. I, I sprint away. Yeah. Yeah. And your little cord is just dangling. <laughs> it's just left there. Uh, and I'm going to cast Transmute Rock on the ceiling where it is clinging to, and it mm. will turn to mud. Nice. Oh, so you're going to dump it onto the ground. Yeah, I'm going to dump it on the ground. Nice. I will also be affected by this, but I'm willing to sacrifice myself for that. Because basically, so it says if I cast a spell on the ceiling, um, any mud that is on the ceiling after, being turned in, after the stone is turned into mud, anything under it will fall uh, if it's clinging to it whatever blah 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 and then we'll have to make a dexterity throw and then you will take uh, 4d8 bludgeoning damage if you fail or half as much on a successful throw oh okay then cool you're murdering yourself I love it (laughs) I did what I had to do (laughs) we're both gonna make dexterity saving throws Mm -hmm. Corbin you and I okay oh I did great it didn't it didn't do good it did it has negative one dexterity and it rolled an eight so that's gonna be seven. Fuck. I got um, a 19, so I think... I think, yeah, you you get out from under... Yeah. Well, basically... Well, I'll still take half damage, but... You'll take half damage, yeah. yeah. But you are... I'm gonna say that this is gonna break its grapple on you as Fuck well. yes. Because nice. otherwise that's insane. Nice. <laughs> well done. Nice, 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 Thank you. Uh, I strategize. As the mud falls from the, from the ceiling... Let the muddy hit the floor. Let the muddy hit the floor. <laughs> okay, that's 11 damage for the creature. And then I will take half of that. So like 
Five. Five. Okay. You are no longer grappled. Its t- its grip on you is loosened as uh, it falls to the ground and is buried under a layer of mud. And it lets out this horrible screech that echoes through the tunnels. And now it is the monster's turn and it is flailing around on the ground here. So it's going to lash out. It's going to lash out with its tentacles. One at Corbin, one at Phelan, and two at Slake. Wow. Nobody going for Fran. I guess maybe, you know, me and the hideous monster are just better friends. I guess you guys are just better friends. We're just better friends. (laughs) Sorry, I can't be Slake. So hits Phelan, hits uh, Slake, and then Corbin, that is going to be 18. I believe that meets it and beats it. Okay. All right. So you all get hit as it lashes out with its many tentacles. Uh, and it is going to do 10 damage on each of its hits. So that's going to be 20 to Slake and then 10 to Phelan and 10 to Corvin. So now it is Phelan's turn and he is going to... Yeah, he's going to throw some daggers at the... He's got daggers now, does he? Actually, you're right. He doesn't have his normal weapons. I suppose, did you guys, like, give him some weapons? I mean, I I think he still has my knife, but he, like an idiot, chooses to always throw it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. He has done that in the past. He has one main, like, his thing was always throwing daggers, and now he can't summon infinite daggers, and that's his cross to bear. So, yeah, he is going to throw his one dagger. God damn it, Phelan. <laughs> and then reach for another one and realize that he only has one dagger to throw now. Uh, oh, but he does natural 20. He does critically hit with his one dagger. <laughs> 18 damage on a critical hit there. Fran runs by and she, like, runs and grabs the end of Corbin's rope and says, you should really get a string on that thing. <laughs> If I may, you may. I will. I can give Phelan my longbow. Here, would this work for you? He's probably gonna He's throw gonna it. Throw it. <laughs> Phelan looks down at it and he contemplates, like, can I throw this? And then he realizes no. that's not. <laughs> he goes, uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks. And so now he has a longbow that he can use, but not throw. But not throw. All right. So now it is Mary's turn and. She is going to cast spiritual weapon. Yes, spiritual weapon. Yeah. Uh, so she creates a spectral floating blade, and then for her action, she's going to use it to attack. Oh, she is going to miss super bad. That is a two. <laughs> but now she has a spiritual weapon. It is out. It is ready. It is a sword. It is a sword of blinding white light and justice. And now we are back up to the top of the order with Fran. Fran looks around. And she yells to Phelan, how much farther to the temple? Phelan says, I don't know, not that much farther. This is probably uh, put here on purpose. Um, So I would like to summon a demon and run. Yeah. I think it's time. Which demon do you want to summon? Lado. Lado? Okay. Are they like mad at you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they still have to listen to me. They're mad at me anyway. Yeah, they always have been mad at me. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> they're extra mad at you now. All right, well. They're super mad at you now. Yeah, it's fine. I don't give a shit. I promised them that I would summon them for the most stupid yeah. shit, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> all right, all right. So you you summon Lado. Uh, yeah, I trace a pentagram in the air with my finger and push it forward towards this creature, and um, as it moves through the air, 
Lado steps out of it. And uh, as Lado steps out and of it. And he's a beautiful shadow demon. A beautiful shadow demon steps out from this pentagram, turns around and lunges towards you, Fran, but it is held by invisible shackles. Ah. The invisible shackles of your magic and it instead just hisses in a language that you cannot understand from this side of the void. Lado seems really mad. Did something happen? Yeah, did you guys do, did you did you guys have a fight? I shrug and I'm like, that's just what Lado's like. I'm sorry Lado can't be Mary's spiritual weapon. <laughs> I don't know, he just he seems really angry. Like I don't remember him being this angry. He just has a bad attitude. A bado mado kind of attitude for Lado. And I say, why don't you go attack that little creature, Lado? And I point. And uh, I think we should just all run. Um, I will say that if you <laughs> run past this thing, you I mean, you have to go past it to get down the tunnel. So you will invoke attack as opportunity as you pass. I, I, I yell, are we running now? Yeah, Lado's got it. Lado's got it. Fran, you <laughs> forgot my leash. I pick up Corbin's <laughs> end of his, his rope harness. Thanks, Lake. The creature lashes out with its tentacles as you guys run past. Let's see if it can grapple any of you. Nasty boy. So it rolled a one against Corbin. It rolled a six plus seven. So that's against Mary. That's not going to hit. It rolled a three plus seven against Fran. So Slake is a seven plus seven. So that's going to be 14. And Phelan is going to be a uh, 12 plus seven, which isn't. Yeah, that does hit Phelan. And so as you guys are running past, it's, you know, fit. Fran, you get past. Slake, you get past. Corbin, Mary, you both get past. And then as Phelan is running past, it grabs him by the ankle and yanks him back towards its maw full of many, many teeth. And it is going to do a bite attack on him. Well, he has a longbow now. (laughs) And it'll be fine. It also does hit him with the bite attack. So it is going to do a total of 25 damage to Phelan. I'm assuming he's grappled. And he is grappled, yes. Well, I wanted to do something because yeah. I actually have a new a new maneuver. I have repost. When a creature misses you with a melee attack, you can use your reaction and expend one superiority die to make a welly, melee weapon attack against the creature. Okay, you should do that. I want to attack the, the tentacle that grabbed Phelan. So what's 18 plus 9? Enough. Okay, with repost, I get to add the superiority die to the attack's damage roll. So that's kind of fun. Damn, that's a good, good reaction. Six plus five, four plus five. I rolled a uh, a nine on the superiority <laughs> superiority die. So that, so you just did twenty nine damage to it. Yeah, and as I attack the tentacle to try and free Phelan, I say, "Let go of him, you sloppy bitch." <laughs> <laughs> as uh, Phelan is dragged back by this thing's tentacle, and it gets its many teeth around his leg doing just a a lot of damage. Your pick comes down on it's the tentacle that is holding Phelan and it lets out another horrible screech and Phelan is able to scramble away from it and uh, you guys are able to escape down the tunnel with uh, Phelan leaning heavily on you, Slake, as he has been badly injured on his leg. Are you alright? You know, I've had better days. But I've also had way worse days. Oof. That's so wise. All right. Um, so you guys have solved my Balhanoth puzzle. <laughs> Yay. Wow. Balhanoth. That's a great I name. love oh. the name. You guys make it down the tunnel and uh, 
reach a more well-lit area. You continue to follow the the twisting tunnels, looking for these broken tower symbols until you see a light towards the end of the next tunnel. Phelan, like, motions for you to, to put him down, Slake, as he's been leaning heavily on you. And Mary comes over and she is going to cure wounds him. Because he, he he does only have 18 hit points left. Oh, Phelan. He's a rogue. He does not have a lot of hit God points. damn, dude. So, uh, Mary comes over and puts her hands on Phelan's chewed up leg and her hands glow with a soft golden light and the skin on his leg knits itself back together and he is back up to full hit points so fran fran says to phelan like uh so it seems like you're kind of at a disadvantage here i saw you thinking about throwing the bow (laughs) um and i i was just wondering is there anything like we can do for you would it could you fight better if we prayed or made an altar or something. Phelan shakes his head and he says, I mean, hindsight being what it is, we probably should have done that before we left the city. But this close to my father's domain, I don't think it would be wise to start praying to me. I'll be fine. I just... I wish we could anti-pray. Curse. Curse. I think that might also not be wise. I love my auntie prey. I just, <laughs> you know, I, I I miss being able to summon knives. You never know what you have until it's gone. I can see that for you. <laughs> I bet there's lots of knives in your dad's house. Yeah. Yeah. Just think about all the knives we're going to get. It's not the same. <laughs> Physical knives aren't, you know, I can't just summon them out of the void. I it's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. You say that you're fine, but you're not fine. And <laughs> not fine. I've had I've had his little head. You know, and you just <laughs> you as you are in this tunnel, you do actually you hear the sound of voices coming, echoing through the tunnel. Why don't you roll me uh, another perception check to see if you can make out what they're saying? I got way over twenty. Uh-huh. I've got an eighteen. Good because I got like eight. You know, it's like you're too busy babying Phelan to to listen, but the others you hear you hear echoing down the tunnel. Oh, jeez, Marty, I can't believe we got stuck with sewer duty. Oh, if those that big monster doesn't stop those magic teens, what are we supposed to do? Marty! Oh, Marty, we're really in it now. Oh, God, what should we do about Marty? I mean, I guess we're still all, we're all disguised still, but... Marty and Marty's friend, who I don't think I've ever named, because he just always says, Aw, jeez, Marty. Aw, jeez, Marty. <laughs> His name is Aw, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> His name is Aw, As I always say to my friends, Yeah. Ah, Noel, cat. <laughs> it's two little dudes. I'm sure we could just knock them out. It's just two little dudes, though. It's just two little dudes. You can definitely knock out or kill Marty and the other guard, but the psychological damage? It would be so much. I didn't say kill. I said knock out. What if we go up to Marty and we're like, we're your biggest fans. And honestly, like, Marty, we stand. We stand. <laughs> we do. I mean, they seem stupid. Should we try Should we try to trick them yeah, and then, like knock sure. them out as a backup plan? I'm just a cool dad here in the sewer. <laughs> My family. We should just say we're on a family vacation and we got turned around. Yeah. So uh, Corbin Corbin walks up and he makes like a point of like being really loud and like stomping and he's like, "Oh, Steez, I don't think I don't think this was the right way after all." Uh, no, we're definitely going the right way. 
don't worry about it. The The map says that this is the way to the, the family vacation spa and resort of of Heroes Gate. And I'm I'm determined to get us there. I think we're I think we're really we're we're just on the cusp. You know, I swear to I swear to Torvastees, this happens every time we go on vacation. I sure wish there was two honorable guards to save us from this horrible situation. We don't need to ask for directions. I know where we're going. <laughs> you say that every time. I'm tired of it. Grandpa, distract me with your backflips. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen to Steez. Steez knows where we're going. Sarah. And uh, Mary Mary signs. She signs, oh, Steez, can I have a lollipop? And then she realizes that signing things does not produce sound. <laughs> Good thought, though, Mary. Good thought. Good effort. <laughs> we'll have lunch when we get to the resort. I'm sure we're almost there. Oh, it's going to be midnight by then. Oh, hey. Hey, who's there? Oh. Oh, thank God. Oh, oh my oh. my rescuer. Help. So uh, as you, you come into to view of, of Marty and his friend... They are, they're both dressed in purple tabards and chain mail. They're standing next to a set of stairs leading up to a stone door. And Marty, the silent one of this duo, raises his lantern to get a better look at you. And he, he turns and mutters something to his friend. He says, Oh, geez, Marty, I don't know. I mean, they just look like a good family, a nice family. And then you, you hear Marty, just sort of the, the gentle muttering of, of Marty's voice. And he says, Well, I'm, I don't know about that, Marty. I, I mean, my family Wait. trips. We, we used to go down in the sewers all the time. Are they both named Marty. No, 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 Marty. Are they both Marty. No, Marty is the one who's like very quiet, and you can't hear him. And the no, guy just keeps saying, "Oh, geez, Marty. oh my god." No, you just you just can't hear what Marty no. is saying. Oh, Cat, his other friend is Cat. I don't accept this, and they are both named Marty. It's Marty City. <laughs> We're Marty and Marty. Why don't you guys roll a deception check, please? Oh, yeah. This is where it gets real, boys. <laughs> I got a 16. I'm thinking of a number between one and one. <laughs> oh, no. I rolled a six. Well, let's see. Let's see what um, Morgan and Sarah roll. They, I'm thinking of a number between one and two. Oh, God. <laughs> well, Fran's on her fucking game. You guys. <laughs> Fran, you are acting your heart out. Meanwhile, everybody else is like wooden puppets behind you. I think I have like a coughing fit. Um, I think something got lodged in my lungs during our horrible swimming. And I'm just like, I'm just like, like coughing and sputtering and like freaking out. I just say, Mary, cast sleep as I see the- <laughs> Yes, all right. <laughs> as I see the doubt, as I see them start to press square. <laughs> the moment. She is actually going to roll this at uh, second level, so actually she's going to roll 78, just to make sure. Oh, she doesn't even need to. Yes, she puts the, them to sleep very soundly. Oh, she, They are just low-level guards, and she rolled at least 30 damage, so. Great. But- that all goes into sleepy points. So yes, sleepy points. Marty is muttering something, and and his friend says, "Well, but but Marty, I mean, in my family vacations, we always had a little trip down to the sewers. It's me and my brother. We we'd go down on the sewers, and then we get lost, and our dad would have to come find us. To I mean, what do you mean that's not a normal vacation? <laughs> do you mean my childhood was messed up? Yeah, that does explain a lot of things. And then 
they both fall asleep as Mary weaves a spell, like a light sort of golden dust poofs out from her hands and settles over them, and they both fall unconscious. I I go over to them, I give them kisses on the forehead, like Aragorn to Boromir. (laughs) And Mary signs, I'm worried about these guys. Did he say that his family vacations involved going down the sewers? Like, that's not normal, Mary? What are you saying? Comparatively speaking. Let's not cast dispersions or look too deeply at our own childhoods, you know? Let's not throw stones. Mary times, I suppose we are on a family vacation and we are in the sewers. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, you guys are able to head up that little stone staircase, that little... Well, staircase made out of stones. Oh, Marty. So you head up the staircase to this uh, stone doorway, which you are able to ease open very carefully. And it looks quiet on the other side. You are now in the tunnels underneath Torva's temple, where Corbin and Slake, you found the last sacrifice to Torva and also summoned many lizards. I I look around and I'm feeling very nostalgic. You do see a little lizard just sort of like squirm underneath a door. A lizard that was left behind. And uh, as you open the door, you at first don't see anyone. And then as you sort of, you look left, you don't see anyone down the left hallway. You look right, you don't see anyone. You look left again and then there's Orestes. Leaning up against the the hallway, he goes, finally, oh my gods, you smell awful. I say to Orestes, you mocked us, you made us walk through shitty water, and now you're dragging us through a Torvaic temple, and now we're probably going to have to kill a fucking god. I, I've had about enough... (laughs) You know, Slake is pissed as hell when they smack their lips and wave their hand a little bit. You better watch <laughs> out, Orestes. Slake has killed way bigger gods than you. Way bigger gods. Way bigger. Like full gods. Oh, I'm really scared. Well, you should be. I'm going to turn into a monkey and throw my poop at you, Orestes. Corbin, don't tell him that. You got a surprise. And uh, Orestes leans sort of past the rest of you to look at Phelan and goes, oof. So did you run into dad's new pet down there? And Phelan just gives him a look. He says, so that's the new pet? He says, yeah. Thanks for the warning, asshole. Oh, I knew you guys would be fine. Could have mentioned it. Ah, uh, you've taken down gods, remember? Do you remember? I can't, I cannot wait to kick <laughs> your ass into oblivion one day. Oh my god. <laughs> Come on, let's just get mom and get out of here. And uh, Phelan pushes past his brother to head down the tunnel to the room that uh, the sacrifice was held in last time. You are very familiar with this area of the temple. The door is locked, but Orestes produces a key. So he uh, fits the key into the lock and pushes the door open. The room has been redecorated after you and your lizards wrecked it last time. Uh, and it is now draped with purple silk and decorated with plush cushions. So it's not to freak out Phelan's mom. I'm going to, like, release our disguises before we go in. Oh, yeah. Because it seems like this is going to be a delicate situation. <laughs> All right. So you you released your disguises. You are once again yourselves. Cassandrea sits on the bed, dressed in a filmy purple shift, stripped of her jewels and her diadem, her hair unbound, dark and loose around her golden face. And she stands as you walk into the room, and when her eyes see Phelan, tears spring to her, and she puts her hands to her 
mouth and gasps, Oh, oh, my moon. Oh, my sun and my moon, you are both here. And she she rushes forward and Phelan steps into her arms in an embrace. And she she holds him and strokes his hair and then leans back and goes, Oh, you smell terrible. <laughs> what happened? And Phelan shakes his head. It's really not important. We, we've got to get you out of here. And she looks at you guys and shakes her head. She says, no. No, no, my darling, you can't be here. Oh, if your father finds out, please, you have to go. And, uh, and Phelan shakes his head again and says, not without you. And Orestes comes up and puts a hand on her shoulder and says, come on, mom, we have to go. And she takes a step back from her sons and shakes her head and says, no, this is my price. I knew the price I would pay when I disobeyed your father and I will not disobey him again. I, I, I cannot go. I am glad that I get to see you one last time before I am no more my moon. But I cannot go. Oh, God. I want to get like the okay official from Phelan and I guess Arrestes <laughs> before we actually put their mom into a sleep right. and take her against her will from this right. place. Right. <laughs> we kidnap her. Yeah. 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 Fran, Fran steps forward and says, I heard your prayer. It saved our lives. Her eyes shift over to you and she looks a bit confused. And Phelan sighs and goes, oh, geez, this isn't really the way I wanted to introduce you guys. This is Fran. Don't be fucking weird, We were Phelan. stuck in the void together. <laughs> She's kind of my girlfriend. Oh. Whoa! Whoa! I mean, we haven't discussed it. We haven't Whoa! talked about it. I did. It's fine. Let's not talk about it right Phelan. now. This is not the time or the place. Phelan! Woo! <laughs> 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 what a rush. <laughs> and uh, Orestes leans forward and goes, Aw, you're blushing. That's so cute. Do you blush green? <laughs> Can I roll to punch Orestes? Yes, you may roll to punch Orestes. Thank you. Can I roll to punch Orestes? I did not roll well, so it's all he has on a you very high armor class. Don't worry. I'm um, your backup puncher. <laughs> You're all gonna roll to punch him at once. Well, if, if I oh see that, I, if I see that Corbin attempts and fails, so I got a five. I also got a five. I'm just imagining Corbin takes a swing. He easily steps past it. Fran immediately takes another swing and misses, and then I, I too go in for a punch. Uh, does sixteen? Does that hit? That is not gonna hit. No, he dances back from your hit as well. So three in a row. Three in a row, you guys miss, swing and a miss. And uh, as he, as Orestes like dodges out of your punches, he moves towards the door and then he is past the threshold and he says, I'm sorry, that is three strikes and you're out. And uh, he steps past the threshold. Oh God. And uh, you notice a sort of distortion in the air around the threshold of the door. Arrestes, you piece of shit. And Phelan takes a deep breath and he sighs and he looks out the door at his brother. He says, this is the part where it's a trap, right? 
And Orestes says, oh, I was so upfront about that the whole time. For the god of betrayal, you're not very smart. Well, we have other qualities. <laughs> Smarts isn't all there is to life, Orestes. Yeah, what are you the god of? Not having any friends? Yeah, being ugly. Orestes says, uh, no, in fact, actually, uh, I'm the god of kicking your ass. And uh, stepping out from the corridor into the doorframe, you see one of those very heavily armed with magic weapons soldiers. And then another one. And then another. Until four of them are arrayed behind him. It says, so we can do this the easy way where you just give up and I take Phelan and, you know, we just do what we need to do with him and that's just easy. Or we can do it the fun way where I get to kill you. Which would you like? Team Huddle, how, who says that we kill Orestes instead of this happening? Is the, so I'm assuming there's like a force field over the door. Is that correct, Kat? Uh, yes, it is a force cage, in fact. So it's all the way around us? It's not just over the door? I, I cast detect magic. I look around. Yes, it is all around this room. You are you are force caged in. I look around. I see that there's a force cage all around us. And I say, we're stuck in this room or in this cube. And uh, Cassandrea, she takes Phelan's hand and takes a deep breath and says, It's okay. It's okay, my moon. It is his will. We are subject to it. And Phelan turns to his his mom and says, Mother, I love you so much. But you are so wrong. You are just so wrong right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it may be Torva's will, but it's not Corbin's will. And then Corbin casts Erupting Earth at level four. Uh, And let's just see what that does really quick. Does it just erupt everything all around us? Yeah, so a fountain of churned earth and stone erupts in a 20-foot cube uh, on the point that I choose. Each creature in the area has to make a dexterity saving throw. A creature takes 3d12 bludgeoning damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. We would not if we're inside the cube, correct, Kat? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, nothing can physically pass through the wall. Yeah, so I just choose to do it where Orestes is. And then it will basically... And then what happens to the floor? It erupts. It erupts. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, boom. So, like, imagine, like, a geyser, but it's coming Mm -hmm. out of a ground where there was not a geyser before. (laughs) So, bird's eye view. The view from one of the blotter birds that is circling the city as Torva's eyes. From above, there is a destabilization of the ground in the gardens of Torva's temple. And then the ground caves in on itself and explodes outward in a fountain of erupting earth that spews from the gardens. The ground around that fountain of earth begins to crumble in as the whole structure, the network of tunnels underneath, is destabilized by this disruption... And it sets off a chain reaction as Earth crumbles around it and the temple, a whole wing of the temple, just collapses in. (laughs) And from your vantage point inside this trap, inside this cage in which you were trapped, 
you see as Orestes looks up and goes, oh, fuck. And then there is just the sound of, <laughs> just the sound of falling rock and crunching earth as he gets messed up. Fuck <laughs> yes. Got him. Oh, you thought you thought we were trapped in here with you. You were trapped in here with us, Orestes. <laughs> Mary looks around and signs, except we are very much still trapped in here. It's fine, Mary. Shh. Who cast this? Did Orestes cast it? You don't know. However, around you, the earth eventually settles. And outside this door frame, which has collapsed partially and the wall on the other side of this force cage is rubble now but after a few minutes something somewhere is killed you presume and the force cage around you disintegrates holy shit corbin holy fuck (laughs) don't mess with me oh my god damn Phelan holds out just a low fist to you. Oh, yes. Like the subtle bro fist bump. Corbin takes his whole hand and grabs Phelan's fist and shakes it like a hand. And he, he like pulls his hand back and goes, you are so yes. cool. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. cool. Corbin, you're so oh, cool. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe how cool you are right now, Corbin. Uh, meanwhile, Cassandrea has collapsed down to her knees with her hands covering her mouth in shock and tears streaming down her face. And uh, Mary kneels down next to her and signs, it's fine. I'm sure Orestes is fine, but we need to go. And she shakes her head and she says, no, 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 I can't go. I can't leave. I have to do his will. I can't. I can't. And she is hyperventilating. Does anyone have calm emotions? Actually, Mary has calm emotions, so Mary is going to cast calm emotions on her, and she she just soothes, like smooths a hand over Cassandrea's hair, and uh, mm. she takes a deep breath and then falls silent in a stupor. You are sort of in a hollow of of rubble and churned earth that was held up by the force cage, and now that the force cage is dissipated, it's just sort of like precariously settled oh, around God. you oh okay but ostensibly the sewers are still below us and i think that's where we want to go i i like look around and i say mary like some kind of force field would be like really awesome right now mary nods and uh she puts up a shield of golden light around all of you in a in a sphere the ultimate hamster ball <laughs> ultimate hamster ball the merry hamster ball Corbin, can you use, like, your one spell to to go out of here? You must be more specific the than this. The mud one? The what <laughs> the one? The mud one. Oh, the mud the one. The muddy one. Uh, yeah, I did. I do have my... Wait, you what am it? I using it on? The floor? To get... Cause we're just in a bubble of rubble, okay? And oh, we're in big, big trouble. I see. Okay. <laughs> You're in big um, trouble in the rubble bubble. Okay, then I say, yeah. um, do we want to go up or do we want to go down? As much as it pains me to say it, I think we need to go down. Okay, yeah. all right. Everybody get to the corner of the rubble bubble. And then I cast Transmute Rock on the floor of the rubble. You do so, and this destabilizes the rubble bubble around you and slides into this hole. It is messy and 
you have to wait for the dust to settle. But when it does, there is just enough room for you guys to wiggle out into the sewers below. Noise. Okay. And Mary, Mary drops her shield so that all of you can get through and you are able to get out of the sewers. Cassandrea follows behind Phelan mutely. She doesn't look great, but she's alive. You follow the broken tower symbols back out of the sewer, taking pains to go around the monstrosity that is still struggling with an unseen and shadowy force. Oh, God. (laughs) When finally you come to the exit of the sewers and Phelan helps Cassandrea down, you are now on a beach. You still have to get out of the city. What do you want to do now? Well, we can all breathe underwater. I say we go into the water and let the waves take us away. <laughs> I'll cast water breathing on, on your mom, Phelan, and then we'll just go on. Straight on till dawn. Let's go. Yeah, I would like to flush out my lungs. <laughs> It'll be like a nice bath for all of us. So you you cast water breathing on Cassandrea, and, and Phelan leads her along, keeps his hand in hers. Mm-hmm. As uh, you all swim. And Fran is psyched, you guys. This is like Fran's like, dream. <laughs> she leads you into the water and she's like pointing at shit and she's like, can you even believe? <laughs> <laughs> like she like sees some fish and she's like, what about fish? Because <laughs> she's like, you guys are now going to get it. Like you're going to get my whole deal. Like once you nope. see this. <laughs> nope. Corbin's just like, I've been here before, Fran. Like I know. I know what it looks like. <laughs> I want to point at things and like try and get Fran to identify them for me. Okay, what do you point at? Uh, I don't know. I point at some like weird coral or something. I do signs as Mary would do that say weird coral. <laughs> I, I go, wow, Fran, you're so knowledgeable. All right. So you guys uh, have a nice walk along the seafloor and uh, you emerge outside of the walls of Hero's Gate drenched and smelling a little bit better than you did before and exhausted. Cassandrea is still mute and she stares at the city in the distance and the plume of rubble that you have left behind. As you all stand on this beach a little ways away from the city, Phelan leaves Cassandrea in Mary's care and comes over to the rest of you and he sighs and says, I have to get her somewhere safe. And I know you want to help, but I don't think that somewhere safe is going to be with you guys. That that does follow. Yeah, I can't, can't really be mad. That's just kind of like a fact. <laughs> I don't really know anything about cult deprogramming, so... <laughs> I, I don't either, but I think... I think the safest move for us is to find asylum with the tieflings up on Waya Mountain. If we can make it there, I'm sure they'll be able to give us shelter from whatever else is going on. Fran says, we'll pray to you. Every night and every morning, you'll get a weird prayer from us, <laughs> Phelan. He, he nods and says, I guess I appreciate that. I will hate it every time. You'll love it. I'll appreciate it. You're gonna like it because, like, every time you every time you hear our like nasty little voices in your ear, like you're gonna have like twenty knives immediately. Yes, true. <laughs> so many knives. Right. Well, thank you. 
for everything. You guys are... Oh, I hate to say this. You guys are my best friends. Thank you for yes, helping. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, 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 I, oh, hug oh group hug. Yeah. Yes. So he accepts oh, the group hug, but he like he pretends that he hates it. But you he know, he loves it. He loves yeah. it. You know he he it. likes, he it, likes it, it a lot. Before you depart, <laughs> he he takes your hands, Fran. He says, "Stay safe, okay." I mean, I think we've established that won't happen, but... (laughs) Yeah. I'll try to stay alive. Stay alive, then. And I'll try to do the same. All right, good. You're going to get some weird prayers. I'm not going to stop Corbin's stuff. And I just want you to know I'm probably going to encourage it. And that's my right (laughs) as a mortal on this plane. (laughs) It is your God's given right. I give him a hug. I, I... Squeezes little shoulders. Oh, he hugs you back, and then he kisses you, and cups your face in his hands. He kisses you once on the mouth, and then on the forehead. He says, "I'll see you on the other side of all this." <sighs> I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I, like, walk towards the ocean as if that's where I need to go. (laughs) Super busy after this. I just fall down face first into the water. Phelan nods to the rest of you and then takes his mother by the hand. And he says to her, all right, mom, let's go. I'm going to take care of you, okay? And she's just staring into the distance, into the city that's been her home, and her place of safety for so long. She says nothing. And then Phelan leads her away into the tree line and towards shelter. Fran sits up out of the ocean to watch him go. And she's like, I'm gonna miss that stupid idiot. (laughs) Corbin sits down in the ocean next to Fran and pats her on the shoulder. Stop it! Corbin, I'm not uncontrollably crying! There's water on me! (laughs) (laughs) Shh! shh. Corbin pets your water hair. I pat your other little shoulder. Corbin says, We'll buy some avocados and put them in a sack for you to hold at night. It'll be just like the real thing. He's such a fucked up weirdo. Thank you. You're welcome, Fran. (laughs) He's sick and twisted, and I give Corbin a hug. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mary is looking out across the ocean, and there is another one of those booms that travels from much further away than you can see. And Mary looks down at the three of you, and she signs, Well, I guess on to whatever's next. And she looks out towards your destination, towards the Dwarven continent, and towards whatever or whoever is there.
Bum 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 bum